Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Doghouse. My name is Will, I am your host, and this is the official podcast for the best fantasy football league in the world. You are listening, that means that you are a member, so congrats on being a member of the best league ever. Uh, Sorry, it has been a while since the last episode, I think the last one was on August 22nd. Uh, I, I think it's with uh, football actually starting, we've had much more uh, actual content to enjoy during the week and uh, less stuff for me just to kind of make up. Uh, so who knows, maybe this dry spell will continue or who knows, maybe I'll start putting them all back to back to back. Regardless, we are here today. Let's do roll call. This is the doghouse. Oh, hello, Stella Peaches. Oh, hello, Dukers. We got Stella and Duke here. We have Hazel making a guest appearance. Hazel is my mother-in-law's dog. Uh, Mother-in-law is basically living with us now. It is nice to have a butler in the house, and her dog is here. Uh, I thought I was going to be out here by myself because when I started riding, we had a pretty good lightning storm going on and the Weather Channel said it was going to happen all day, Uh, but it actually is a a few miles off the coast now and so we are bright sunny skies and uh, no dogs losing their mind because of the thunder. I saw you guys had a little bit of uh, uh, weather over in California a couple weeks ago, uh, or last week I think, and it actually made the chat. I love when weather makes the chat, so keep that up. Uh, what else we got going on? Well, we have the first ever game, the first ever playoff game between the Giants and the Dodgers. I cannot contain my excitement. One of the reasons why this podcast is happening right now is because I got done with work pretty early, was over it, and thought I was going to be working outside, but the lightning made that uh, not happen, and I was like, I need to kill some time. So why not spend a few hours on an episode? And I am very, very, very excited about this Giants-Dodgers game later on. Uh, It is a 9.30 local start time for me, which I am not happy about but I figure maybe folks will be able to keep me awake uh, on the chat. And I absolutely am excited about every single pitch that's coming up. Nervous, but also excited. Of course, I'll say the Giants are going to win, but it's Giants-Dodgers. They played 19 times this year, and it was 10-9. to They scored, I think, two runs difference between each other in those 19 games. It's going to be a great matchup, but I think it might have been Wolfit who said whoever makes the least amount of mistakes is who's going to win this series, and I agree completely. Okay, that is enough baseball, although I am so excited. Uh, Let's go ahead and get to the episode MVP. Who's that going to? be all right before we get into the episode mvp just a little bit more house cleaning is that uh, this is a daytime recording which i don't know if there's ever been a daytime recording maybe once but i'm gonna go with zero so you're gonna hear probably more uh, notifications in the background sorry my kids are out of town and then uh, they're gonna be calling me at some point uh, and you also might hear a lot more uh, bugs and birds action going on as uh, now that the rain has stopped, they're, they're, they're making their voices known. So uh, if you hear a, a buzzing noise just and you would think that's like my phone or some sort of technology, that's not. That's just the bugs out here. Anyway, getting to the episode MVP, the episode MVP has to be Stanley. Stanley made a trade that we're going to be talking about here in a bit. That is, um, you know, it got the most attention. It, 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 got, it generated the most interest. It uh, really got people thinking and really got those calculators going. Uh, and so I got to say, he has to be the MVP. We're going to talk about some trades since we've had since our last episode. That's what we do in the news. Without further ado, let's get to the news. Well, that epic intro only means one thing. That means it is time for the news. How do I do the news? Well, as you remember, is I just figure out when the last episode was and go to the pinned chats. So 
Where did we leave off? Oh yeah, we left off with Needham and BT trading a couple Washington football players to each other that I had never heard of. That's on the last episode. If you missed that, go ahead and head back. I am walking outside and getting rained on and also squinting because it is so, so, so bright and blue skied, uh, except for apparently the gray part that's over there that's raining on me. Uh, anyway, as I go back to take some cover, uh, we should, oh, hopefully that means that we should be hearing some pretty good thunder. Uh, and maybe having some close lightning. So I'll keep my eyes on the pond and see if we can get a pond lightning strike. And I'm hoping that we can have a thunder. Uh, if we can have a pond lightning strike, the corresponding thunder will uh, definitely get picked up by the audio. So uh, here, here's to hoping that we can get a little bit of weather in this episode after all. Anyway, enough about weather. Yeah, right. You know I'm going to keep talking about weather. Okay. Uh, looking at the pinned messages, you know, the first one is pretty interesting because we have Austin predicting that Ramondre Stevenson will become the lead back in New England before the year is over without needing an injury from Harris. Pretty hot take. Nice, bold prediction. We like it. I don't remember who said to pin it. Someone said pin it, so I did. If you tell me to pin something, I, I usually will. I don't know why I wouldn't. I'm, but now that I say that out loud, I probably won't. Uh, but for the most part, if you tell me to pin something, I will. All right, so one of the reasons why that was really interesting, um, and uh, it, you know, specific, not, at the time it was pinned, we didn't know this, as I stumble over my words, of course. Um, but... In this news section, we are going to see that, oh, Austin ended up moving Ramondre Stevenson. So we're going to talk about him a little bit more in a sec. The next week had a big trade between Wyland and BT. BT sent Wyland Gus Edwards after Dobbins went down. It cost Wyland Mooney and a third. I really liked this trade for both sides. Uh, Wyland is in win-now mode and was getting the only running back in the room uh, for a run-first offense in Baltimore. Makes perfect sense. Gus Bus looked like a guaranteed RB1 for the season. Uh, and then we all know what happened after that, right? So Wyland gets him on his team. He's, he's very, very confident about his running back depth. And then Gus Bus ends up tearing his ACL and requiring season-ending ACL surgery. Uh, so that was super unlucky. Nothing uh, Wyland could have done about that. Uh, you just got to chalk that one up to the game, right? Well, what did he cost him? It cost him Mooney in the deal. I think BT did quite well getting Mooney. Uh, Mooney and a third? Is that what it was? I already said it out loud. I forgot though. Yeah, Mooney and a third. But Mooney, of course, is the centerpiece of this uh, trade. Uh, I think he's the best uh, uh, player out of the three assets, one being a third round draft pick. I'm pretty sure Mooney will be better whoever gets taken in the third. Uh, Mooney, I have as going, I think he's going to end up having such a good second half of the year as as Fields gets going. Uh, I think Mooney will be hype train next offseason and be going in the, you know, fourth round in redrafts next year. Uh, we shall see. He's got some room to go there, but uh, the, his future is really, really bright. Uh, he is only 23. Now, Gus Bus is young too, but you just don't know how he's going to respond after that ACL surgery. Uh, Stella Peaches, how's your ACL doing? You think that you could carry a backfield? She says no. Um, so, great job by BT. Unlucky, super unlucky um, for uh, uh, Wyland. Don't forget, BT also got Needham's third, uh, which could be an early third. Uh, so, I will give BT the win in this trade, but really only by default. Uh, since I like Wyland's side pre-injury as well. So that just was a little bit unlucky. So uh, what did we talk about next? Next, we started talking about IDP bonuses. A little backstory here is that Sleeper added these options, so they weren't available before. The, the main problem I think that we ran into is that it was brought up just a few days before the start of the season. Overall, I love bonuses. I think the more points in a league, the more fun. That's why we can put up 200 points in our league, and it's not that 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 hard. Um, well, not it's pretty hard to put up 200 points, but you get my point. This is a high-scoring league, right? Um, and it's because I really like bonuses, and I like when big big plays and uh, um, you know game-winning plays can also be game uh, or uh, you know weak winning plays for in our format. 
Uh, so I do like that. I think the problem was we brought it up too close to the regular season. Uh, so whenever you start talking about um, changing points a couple days before the season starts, I think that's just going to be a harder sell. Uh, it was a six to five vote no, if I remember correctly. I keep losing my place in my notes. Um, yes, it was a six to five vote no, but I would like to revisit this topic next off season, and I bet I bet we can get this to pass. I bet when we are in a um, a month that has less excitement, uh, and when we are fully in the off season, that I bet we can get this to pass. Um, you know, I, I'd go into what the actual bonuses were, um, but we voted no, and so that doesn't really matter. Uh, but I do want to thank uh, Needham for putting uh, the putting the time and the effort into figuring out what would be the uh, IDP bonuses would be appropriate. So Needham, you also get a um, episode MVP, a co MVP. Sorry, Stanley, your MVP episode MVP has just been demoted to co MVP. But hey, you know what are you gonna do? Life's tough out here in the streets. All right. So uh, thank Nina for putting that together. I like our chances of us getting it up and going next year. So uh, let's see what's next. Next was Wolf that said someone will never be returning to California. I was asked to pin it, so I did. Uh, I think that might have been to Austin. So, you know, I, I have been in Georgia for five months now. My, my thoughts... They've been, you know, I've always thought like if Hillary croaks tomorrow, do I just pick up everything and move back to California? I probably would. Let's be honest. I probably would. Uh, I, uh, you know, I just knowing me, I probably would. Actually, knowing me, I probably wouldn't because I always just stay wherever I am. And so since I'm already here, I'd probably just stay here. I will say it would be pretty, pretty, pretty hard to walk away from this property uh, the pond itself to me is pretty priceless. So I, I will say I miss all my friends and family, but I don't necessarily miss anything about the state of California. No offense. I'm not trying to shit on my home state. Um, but will I ever go back? I think my kids will actually go back. I think uh, they'll like want to go to college out there or something. And I bet they'll end up settling there. And I think then Hillary and I, when they have kids, will end up going back. So I bet, I bet my last days in California are not done. I don't exactly remember the context, but it was pinned on it. So now we're talking about it. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. We had another trade and I told you Ramondre would be coming back up. That's right. Needham went out and got his guy fetching Ramondre from Austin for a 22 third in Adams second next year. Now the calculator today says that Austin got the better deal. That Steve, but I don't remember what it said at the time. And Stevenson's stock has dropped significantly in the last few weeks. Um, he was all the rage in preseason. Um, and just like Amir Abdullah of the past, being all the rage in preseason doesn't really mean a whole lot when it comes to the regular season. He only got two touches in week one, and he lost a fumble, and he's been in Belichick's doghouse ever since. Uh, Needham is obviously hoping that he'll be given another chance to impress the boss here soon. Uh, I'll say Austin won this trade, but it's mostly a wait and see, just like most trades. Uh, but not all trades are wait and see. That's a little foreshadowing for you for later on. So next was uh, BT reproposed an empire pot. I only vaguely remember this being brought up previously. Uh, so I apologize, BT. I probably didn't give it enough uh, uh, thought when you first brought it up. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if I was interviewing that day or what was going on, but I wasn't really paying too much attention. And then BT put up a poll for the Empire Pot. Great job. Everyone, by the way, you can, everyone can put up a poll. I don't give a shit about that. Anyone can put up a poll. Um, uh, so the Empire Pot is everyone kicks in an additional 25%. So the dues go from 100 to 125. That 25 goes into a separate pot that just keeps building and building and building until one of us wins back-to-back championships. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I think just like the IDP bonuses, I think that this discussion was a victim of being too close to uh, the first week. It's only 25 bucks. We all have really nice jobs. So I don't think, I mean, it's not like, oh, I don't know why I have 25 bucks, Will. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. But I just think, um, I wonder if that didn't 
if, if that had something to do with it not getting a lot of attention. The vote was only six to two. The problem is one of the, one of the issues also was BT made it an anonymous vote, which I appreciate, uh, but because he made it anonymous, we don't know who didn't vote. Um, and so there was eight people who voted. I put up on the chat probably three or four different times to go check the, the pinned poll uh, for the Empire Pot. And we just never quite got enough votes. And I didn't know who didn't vote to then go out and text. I mean, I could have guessed who the, probably who the eight people, who the uh, four people were, realistically, right? Um, but that's something that I think uh, we can bring back up next off season. I have the Empire Pot and the IDP bonuses on my calendar. So we will definitely be bringing them up next off season. I don't remember when I put them on the calendar. I just remember I picked a couple months where there was not anything going on. We were in the middle of the off season and put that back on there. So we're going to talk about that later again. Let's go ahead and start wrapping up the news. We have two more trades. I'm going to go out of order so I can end with the big one. Um, but we had a Cousins uh, trade. Uh, Kirk Cousins got traded. J uh, Jason Kelly got Kirk Cousins and a third for a second. The interesting backstory is they were both texting me at the same time about this trade, both asking for advice. So I had to tell them both, I can't talk to either of you anymore because you're both asking for my advice. And so I had to be really upfront. You know what I mean? I, guys will text me before a trade, uh, maybe asking advice, sometimes just kind of like throwing spaghetti against the wall. And so here's the thing, like I, I have no interest in like, I, I just want, <laughs> You guys know me. I just want to be able to one, the one that has the information, the one that people come to. I just like the attention. I mean, I will tell my opponent how to beat me just to be able to say, just to be able to show that I think I know what I'm talking about, which I don't, but whatever. So I just know I will never, I will never, you know, try to steer someone a certain direction because I'm worried about their team or this, that, or the other, uh, that that's just not how I look at, at the stuff. But I will say also, um, <laughs> there obviously is an inherent conflict of interest. Uh, and so especially if, if a couple guys are asking me for advice, uh, I'll just have to bow out. I'm, I might just be providing less advice. Uh, that being said, all y'all are big boys. None of you actually need my advice as much as it's just like convenient. So uh, anyway, I just want to be all the way up front about uh, any role I may or may have not had in any trade. The short answer is I've really never had much of a role. All I ever really do is look at the calculator and say why I agree with the calculator. So uh, anyway, so that was, that was a little interesting as they, was, they were both texting me. And so then I had to tell them both, uh, I can't talk to either of you anymore. Uh, and so they ended up going back and forth and, and ended up sending a, I think it was, I think it was all about like whether or not he was worth a second. And I think the third ended up getting thrown in to balance out that second. If I remember correctly, I could totally be wrong. Either way, what we're really looking at here is, you know, Jason Kelly has Zach Wilson on his taxi squad. Uh, and he obviously has Deshaun Watson as well. And Deshaun Watson is screwing him with his allegations. He also made sure he went in this last offseason and got Big Ben when Watson wasn't going to come back. But then Big Ben decided that this was the year that he was going to actually like start acting his age and suck. So uh, Jason got a little unlucky on a couple different fronts there. And so he went and got Kirk Cousins to, to, to hold on to that spot until you could start starting Zach Wilson with confidence. Uh, I'm actually doing the exact same thing in my other dynasty league that I just started uh, this year. The, this is the first year of it, I should say. Um, I didn't start it. Uh, Austin started it. But uh, I have Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. So I have Cousins holding that spot until Fields is ready to start every day. So I, I get what you're doing there. Makes sense. Uh, I will go ahead and give the... It's a pretty even trade, I think. But I'll give the edge to Ben since he turned a weekly benched player into a second, and I would cost him a third. Um, but I also don't like thirds. Um, and Well, I mean, I like thirds for this purpose, to balance stuff out, but I'm never excited about a third-round draft pick. Um, that would have to be a pretty deep rookie draft for me to get excited about a third, and it'd have to be basically the 301. Anyway, me not being excited about a third doesn't really matter. Who I give the edge to doesn't really matter either, but I'll give it to Ben anyway. Now, for the big finale of this news section, which is probably getting pretty lengthy. Oh, my God. Stanley offered Booby Ridley for Daniel Jones. Now, okay. Let me just start off by this. 
For anyone who wants to gift a player, please feel free to send them my way. Booby gets this offer. All he has to do is smash accept. Wyland has gotten an offer before where all he had to do is smash accept. Guys, 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 if you want to undervalue your talent, just send them to me. Or if you want to overvalue my talent, just send me a trade proposal first. Come on. Give a little love to the commissioner. I don't think it's a coincidence that the guys who are smashing accept on these trades are also the guys that were in the finals last year. So I'm not, not that, that this trade happened before last year's finals, but you get my point. It's the, it's the rich getting richer, and I, I'm rich in this league, and so... Uh, and in real life, thank you, Hillary, but in this league. And so I'd like to have the rich get richer. So, so don't forget about poor old Will over here. Anyway, all jokes aside, let's get, let's, let me start off by saying that, so no, I already started off by that. That was, that was already my stop, my start. Uh, anyone who has heard me talk about Daniel Jones knows that I'm not the biggest fan of Daniel Jones. I can't say that I've seen a ton of him, but um, he likes to fumble the ball he, I don't think he's a good passer. I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. At the time of this trade, I remember thinking, I don't know if he'll even be in the NFL after this year. Um, that being said, I also, at that exact same time, I'm really thinking about whenever the Giants had the national game. I think that's like the only like full, full game I've ever watched of Daniel Jones. Um, so I normally just see his lowlights when ESPN shows him. Uh, but on that, whatever their national game, you know, Thursday night football or whichever night football uh, it was this year, I thought he just looked mediocre to garbagey. But I will say, and I said it that night, is I think he's a phenomenal running back. As running backs go, Daniel Jones, ooh, I would like him as a running back. Um, but he's actually a quarterback. But, of course, I am a big fan of running quarterbacks, right? Like I have Josh Allen. That's so why I originally took Cam Newton because of his goal line work. Not that he's running, running, but, you know, rushing touchdowns. Anyway, so I, I do understand why Stanley would like a very young rushing quarterback, right? Um, that's, I think rushing quarterbacks are a little bit of a, of a cheat code. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the actual trade itself. And I guess so Stanley, young, young stud quarterback. So Stanley... Stanley believes that Daniel Jones is a young stud quarterback, right? I think he is a young, good rushing quarterback. Not that great. That's just difference of opinion, right? Stanley knows how to, how to assess talent. He is assessing the talent. He is deciding Daniel Jones is this good. But here is the problem. Nobody paying attention at all has Ridley and Jones anywhere near each other in value. So no matter how you spin this or what happens down the road, Ridley could break, Ridley is hurt right now, but Ridley could die tomorrow morning. And I still think this would be a shitty trade because the fact is you could have gotten Daniel Jones for a hell of a lot less than Ridley. I don't know if Booby would have done it. Booby, maybe you can put this in the chat, but I think Booby would have actually sent over Daniel Jones for Boyd. Uh, maybe not, maybe, I don't know, but I'll tell you this much. I know for a fact that you could have gotten Daniel Jones, and I, my, that fact is based on Booby has a surplus of, of, of uh, quarterbacks right now. Uh, you, you could have gotten Daniel Jones, and it would not have cost you anything near Ridley. So, hey, the champ gets a gift, um, and, and, and we'll see. Um, I, I also, to Stanley's credit, and this will be the last thing I'll say on it, Stan, to Stanley's credit, he's currently the quarterback eight, so he can't really argue too much with that. Um, if he can keep rushing uh, and he can keep his numbers up and he can finish as a QB1, that obviously makes Stanley look a little bit better. But nonetheless, even if he finishes as the quarterback number one overall, it's still a shitty trade because at the time at the trade happened, their values were nowhere near each other. I think, um, I mean, Mahomes wasn't worth Ridley. 
I, I, and I forget whichever, Rick was throwing a bunch of different things into the calculator of like what it would take to make it even. And it was just, it was just comical. But anyway, that's enough of that. That's the news. So Stanley, thank you for providing uh, some excitement. That's why you're the episode co-MVP. And uh, that was a lot to get through, but we've got through all of it. We've caught up. And now before we get to the meat and bolts and the nuts and potatoes of this episode, now a word from our sponsor. Hi. Do you kids drive you crazy? Would you like some peace and quiet? Well, have your wife's girlfriends come into town with their kids and then have them take all of them away from your house, but stay there. That's right. This episode is proudly sponsored by Peace and Quiet. Thanks and have a lovely day. It is now time for the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. That is right. Today we are doing a week four review with a little bit of a quarter pull summary. Um, I always go in order of the standings, but I don't actually know what the standings were for week four. So I'm just using the current standings and uh, let's just get right into it. The first matchup was me versus Wyland. Um, the final score was I put up 194 and came out victorious with 140 uh, being Wyland's score. So basically, the it was the high score of the week uh, versus an average score. Remember last year the and the year before, average score is typically between 140, 145. I don't know what it's been this year, but you know I imagine it's not too far off of that. Um, as certain teams have gotten stronger and put up more consistently larger points, other teams have gotten weaker and have been consistently putting up lower points. So I'd be willing to bet it's still right around that 140 to 145. So again, this was a uh, high score of the week versus an average score. Wylan easily could have gotten a victory if he was up against someone else this week, uh, but he drew the short straw and got me uh, when I had my best week of the year. Uh, the MVP of this one, well, this is easy, Tyreek Hill. 11 catches, I think on only 12 targets, um, for 186 and three touchdowns. He got the hat trick. He got 186 total yards. He got 54 fantasy points. This was a very nice uh, outing, obviously. But also, uh, Tyreek Hill sucked in weeks two and three. I sure would have liked to have the, this, this uh, outing he had this week uh, when I was up against Booby last week. But anyway, uh, Tyreek Hill's the MVP. The bust you has to be Kelsey. Kelsey uh, had his worst game he has had in a while, um, which is really speaking more to how amazing he is than anything else. Uh, but he only got 23 yards on four catches, which is only good for six points. And while there could have been, there's another bust you I was considering. The reason why Kelsey earned this one is you. Kelsey's supposed to dominate the opposing tight end. My tight end pulled his hamstring on the first play and got a grand total of zero points, and I was only minus six at the position. So Kelsey really uh, did Island dirty this week. Uh, the sneaky start, my attempt at a sneaky start was Mike Davis, uh, but he sucked. Uh, he salvaged his day with a tight end. Uh, we're going to talk about Mike Davis a little bit later. Uh, but that was supposed to be my sneaky start. That did not work. Um, so I'll use this opportunity to give some love to Debo. Debo's not a sneaky start. Debo, I think, is the number two receiver on the year or something like that. Maybe I think he's leading the league in yards. I don't know, whatever it was. Um, but he had eight catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Good for 42 points. Again, nothing sneaky about starting Debo. Um, but I had to sneak him in there anyway. So uh, there's going to be a new addition to these. We usually had been doing MVP, bust you, and sneaky start. There is a new section which is now going to be put me in coach. This is going to be the best performer on the losing side's bench. And so who is it this time? Well, you guessed it. It's Cordero Patterson, because of course Cordero Patterson, who's been around forever, is all of a sudden the best damn player in the entire league. I think he's the RB2 right now, which is crazy, and I, I'm pretty sure he still has 
and maybe I don't remember which format, but has uh, eligibility for running back and wide receiver. I mean, talk about the ultimate flex. Patterson had 116 total yards and three touchdowns for 39 points. Um, if he would have replaced Swift, who also could have been that bust year, that's what I was referencing, it still wouldn't have mattered, though. So don't feel bad, uh, Wylan. Let's take a look at the quarter poll. Uh, first, I'll look as, uh, at my team. I am in first place, and I am three and one. Uh, when uh, we're gonna look at we're gonna look at um, current place, current record, uh, points for rank, and points against rank, and then who you're up in week five. Uh, my points for rank is second. I uh, I might be in first place, but I do not have the most points. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Who does? And uh, my rank against is 10th. So only two people have been scored against uh, less than me. So I've been pretty lucky. Um, and, and, you know, you don't get in first place on accident. I have the second highest points. But, I, you know, I just as easily could have a, a worse record if I had gone up against some more points. So I got a little luck on my side, which, of course, you're always going to need. And week five, I'm up against Adam. And so I'm the favorite there and hoping to be able to maintain first place. Uh, taking a look across the other side is Wyland. Wyland is currently in fifth place. This is the uh, reigning runner-up. Uh, he is in fifth place, and he is at two and two, but his points for rank is third, and his points against rank is second. In other words, so for, all, for the points against rank, <laughs> second place is bad. That means only one team has been scored against more than Wyland. So he has been a little unlucky putting him in fifth place and uh, at two and two. He very easily could be much higher. And week five is against BT, so he's going to hope to get to three and two. Uh, as I'm going to hope to get to four and one. The next matchup we're going to be taking a look at is Austin versus Pierce. Austin came in victorious with a 139 to 103 uh, score in this matchup. It was an average score that beats a rebuilding team. Look, we all know Pierce is rebuilding, and this is what a rebuilding team looks like. It looks like 100 points, and that's not going to win. Um, but he knows he's not going to win. He is building himself up for the future, and I think he's going to be quite formidable in the future. And also, Pierce doesn't give a fuck because he's currently in Kauai drinking some nice beers with his feet up, getting some sun, some vitamin D. God bless you, Pierce. I'm super jealous right now. I love Kauai. That's my favorite island, although I haven't been to a few of them. So I've been to three, haven't been to, I think there are five, or there are six, I don't. No. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take a look at how we got to that score. The MVP. Oh, that's going to be Zeke. Uh, Zeke, who actually was on Pierce's team last year and now with Austin. Remember, Austin and Pierce had two big trades, which included Mahomes and Zeke. And uh, 101 might have eventually been in there. I don't remember. There's a lot of uh, big trades between those two, which we will look at in future episodes as we review old trades. That'll be in season number four, so stick around then. Let's take a look at who the bust you was. That's gotta be Christian Kirk. Oh man, one catch for five measly yards, 1.5, woof, to quote one of the footballers. The sneaky start is gonna be Gusecki. You know, I forgot, I actually had Gusecki originally. I drafted him and traded him to Austin. I only saw that while I was looking up old trades to review for a, a segment that we're going to do later on. Uh, but the sneaky start is Gusecki. He was, I think, I forget what it was because I don't have him this year anywhere. But it's like, I think he put up a goose egg in week one and then everyone dropped him. And then he came back and did well in like, I don't know, week three or something. Uh, but Austin went with Gasecki. He had five catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Good for 17 points. Nicely done for the put me in coach. Ah, Pierce apparently should have started TJ Watt. He had two sacks and four tackles for 19 points. Uh, a nice win for Austin. So let's take a look at where's that put Austin. Oh, Austin is in second place at three and one. Now, this might be surprising some, like me, but it's not surprising Austin. He's like, yeah, of course I'm in second place. What place did you think I would be? First? Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, points four rank is fourth for Austin, so he is putting up some points. But points against rank is 11th. 
So his schedule is going to get a lot tougher. Only one team has had uh, a less, a fewer points scored against him than Austin. So the schedule is going to get tougher. But hey, his points four is fourth. So he's like, yeah, bring it, tougher schedule. Uh, let's take a look at Pierce in his rebuilding year. Uh, he's handling his own. He's in ninth place, or no, eighth place. He's in eighth place uh, at two and two. So if the season ended today, I think did I write that down wrong? Oh, I'm sorry to do this mid 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 recording, but I'm wondering if I wrote that down wrong because I could have swore it was ninth. But now I'm hoping it's eighth. I'm hoping that I just I'm, I'm not remembering correctly. Um, I'm getting some weird. Oh, there's the messages. Part. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay, sorry. Of course, the one time you try to go and look up something quickly, it doesn't look up quickly. Although I see y'all keep mentioning the new emojis, I must need to re. Uh, I must need to update my app because I'm not seeing the new emojis yet. But I agree with you, Wolf. I hate those damn seasonal emojis. Okay, I did write it down wrong. Pierce is in ninth. I thought if I would have seen him eighth, I would have wrote down that if the season ended today, he'd be in the playoffs. Um, but no, okay, so he's ninth at two and two, still very much handling his own. Nicely done, Pierce. Points four rank is 10th. Um, so how do you get a couple wins if you're 10th in points? Points against rank is 12th. So no one's scoring against Pierce. Um, but hey, I think people are, are trying to get some of their younger guys some experience when they go up against the rebuilding team. But that's come, that's come to bite a couple different people. All right, let's take a look at our third matchup. Oh, yeah, and who does uh, Pierce has Booby in week five? So Booby's going uh, to try to hand Pierce a loss, uh, but Pierce is going to try to give Booby a losing record, which we'll get to in a second. So let, that gets us to the next matchup, with this, which is Stanley versus Jason Kelly. And we have 142 to, for Stanley versus 129 for Sergeant America. He's not an officer. He's enlisted. He's Sergeant America, not Captain America. I would stand corrected. 142 to 129. So basically, we have Stanley with an average week uh, beating Jason with a slightly below average week. Um, MVP. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. It's Daniel Jones. Uh, and, oh, yeah, the other consideration for MVP is Galladay. And, and so another thing that I did not realize about this trade is it sets up the Daniel Jones Galladay stack. So nicely done, Stanley. You won with Jones and Galladay. But I'm sure Daniel Jones only won because of all his rushing, and he probably sucked at passing. As I scroll down, oh no, that's right. 28 completions for 402 yards and two touchdowns. He barely had any rushing, and he ended up with 36 points. So, well done, Stanley. Well done, Daniel Jones. Uh, You know, the one thing about that trade, too, and as everyone shits all over that trade, by all of us who act like we know what we're doing, it must feel special and a little extra nice when Daniel Jones then comes out and puts up 36 points and 400 yards. Jeez Louise. All right, nicely done. Let's take a look at the bust you. Uh, the bust you has got to be Mike Williams. And what a f- disappearing act that was. Mike Williams, who uh, was acquired in the Michael Thomas, original Michael Thomas trade. It was Michael Thomas for um, Mike Williams and Hollywood plus a first and a second. And that second's going to get brought up here a little bit. Uh, Mike Williams, who has struggled with injuries, but has always been a big-time player when he's on the field. His first week, he puts up 22 points. He doubles down in week two and puts up another 22 points. He puts up 37 points in week three, and then he gets two points this week. So bust you, Mike Williams. Uh, Sneaky start. You know, I don't really see a sneaky start. Uh, so I'll say that it's going to be Bailey for getting a sack. Um, Stanley doesn't really have a whole lot of, uh, sneakiness in his starts. He's pretty stacked as we very well know. Uh, Stanley, I think, uh, oh yeah, I'm going to mention that in a second. So I'll just hold off on that. 
so, yeah, no sneaky start, but we got a guy with the sack. So, good job recognizing that sack. For the put-me-in coach, Randall Cobb. Remember we were talking about Randall Cobb uh, and A.J. Green. Why? Because Jason Kelly has some old-timers on his team that are putting up points. So, uh, of course, he's going to try to move those as he's rebuilding with his 97 draft picks over the next two years, including 63 first-round picks. So, uh, Jason's going to have to start – Jason's going to have to start doing some roster reduction two-for-one trades and, and trading out some quantity for some quality just to make room for – or do you just got to – drop old people but uh i could definitely see jason as we get closer to the trade deadline being pretty aggressive uh and and being able to ship out some of these older guys that might be worth the spot start uh random cop you guys remember too how many times have you ever seen a quarterback say i'm not going to show up or i'm going to retire if you don't trade this old guy back to my team and he did and then oh are we really surprised when randall cobb starts scoring some points so nicely done uh jason kelly for uh um putting him out on the trade block uh and you could have put him in this week and that would have actually uh helped you out a little bit more but at the same point can you really see cobb going for five catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns for 24 points so that's your put me in coach let's go ahead and take a look at the quarter poll for these two teams as we get through wrapping up half of the league and where they stand after four weeks into week number five uh stanley is in third at three and one and also, don't sleep on the fact that Stanley still holds the regular season all-time win record. Or not win record. He's the, 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 what am I trying to say? He has the most regular season wins in this league. Uh, and, by the way, he has a four-game lead in that over Booby in second place. And don't look now, but Pierce is in third place in that. So screenshot that, Pierce, because uh, that's probably going to go down during this rebuilding year. But... You know, you must have gotten pretty unlucky to win that many regular season games, but then not be able to end up in the money on the actual uh, at the end of the season. So I'm sure I'm sure there was some um, unluckiness for you as well, Pierce. You know what, Pierce, go figure out what your total points against have been. It's probably in that same section and put it on the chat. Also. Um, uh, send us and also why are you saying oh when they're like more leg and you're like oh me or my wife there your wife wasn't in the picture why are you talking about your wife like that no one was even like suggesting about anything about your wife dude i mean if you want to start like posting naked pics of your wife i mean we're not gonna like complain but um that was that was a desire to see those swimmer those swimmer legs of yours um, anyway, uh, let's move on. That's just silly. That's just silly. All right. Uh, so Stanley is uh, in third right now at three and one. His points for is sixth. His points against is eighth. So Stanley's schedule is going to get a little bit tougher. And in week five, he has Ben Rose. Um, so we'll see if Daniel Jones can continue to be uh, the man that he knows he that Stanley knows he can be. All right, Jason Kelly is. Oh, I just totally forgot to write down what Jason is. So, all right, let's go ahead. I do know that in week five, Jason has Needham, but I de definitely didn't write down where Jason was. All right, so taking a look at it now, Jason is currently in eighth place, and he is currently at two and two. Not bad for what he is considering to be a rebuilding year. Uh, and that's another thing as I stall for time. One thing I, ha and I've said this on the chat, if you go back and you listen to previous episodes, I was saying that this year was gonna be the year of the haves and the have-nots. That it was basically just like, me and Booby and, and Stanley and, and uh, Wyland and then maybe a couple others, like maybe Austin and Wolfit and Adam maybe on the fringes. But basically, this was just a four-person league or something like that, whatever, right? And now that I'm actually we're into this league or into this season, I'm realizing that was just flat out wrong. We are way 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 closer to each other than i was appreciating and so um that's fine i like that i like more parody so now that i've stalled let's go ahead and take a look at where jason's at while well, he's in eighth place at two and two one two three he's also in eighth place 
for points for and for points against. He's right there at seventh. So he's in eighth place, eighth in points for, seventh in points against, pretty right in the middle of the pack. Um, and just like anyone else, you get a couple guys who get pretty hot and all of a sudden you go from the middle of the pack to the top of the pack. And again, he has Needham in week five. All right, hopefully I wrote down the info for the rest of the episode. Let's see who's next. Next matchup, we have Booby versus Wolfit. Uh, this is a very good matchup, 164 to 156, only an eight-point difference with Wolfit coming out on top. Both teams put above put an above-average score up, again, with the average being somewhere between 140 and 145. I think it was 141 uh, is like the, the 2019 average, and I think, I think it was 141 for 2020 as well, something like that. Pretty darn close, if not. Uh, and so the MVP for Wolfit is Saquon. He had 52 rushing yards on 13 attempts and a touchdown and five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown for 34 points. Very nicely done, Wolfit with Saquon. Uh, the bust you has to be Miles Sanders, only 47 yards and less than eight points. You know, Booby made a big trade to get Miles Sanders and was definitely hoping for more than eight points. Um, so the sneaky start is, I got to say, it's Olamide Zacchaeus. Now, <laughs> uh, he wasn't good, but he was definitely sneaky and Wolf at one. So even though the sneaky start is supposed to be Someone that you play that no one realizes is going to do good that does well. He didn't do well, but he was sneaky, and Wolfit did win, and so that's why he makes it in there. Taking a look at put me in coach, well, that would be Darnold. Darnold, 37 points in a very big game. I didn't write down his stats, but I believe there might have been multiple rushing touchdowns, if I remember correctly. I think he has like five on the year. So I think he had like two rushing touchdowns yesterday, and I think he has, or last week, and I think he has five on the year. So he's the new Josh Allen when it comes to that. Uh, he's killing the AFC East rushing. Uh, um, wait, Sam Darnold? No, he's not AFC East anymore. Just kidding. He's NFC South. Anyway, you saw where I was going there for a second. Let's take a look at who was... Oh, wait, no, that's right, because that's the put me in coach. All right. So now let's take a look at Wolfit's team. Wolfit is currently in seventh place at two and two. His points for is sixth. His points against is sixth. So pretty middle of the pack stat-wise, uh, but we've seen what this former champ can do when he gets hot. Uh, we do not forget that the number one best week we've ever had and the number two best week that we've ever had were both from Wolfit. We're both in 2019, and they're in the semis and the finals. And that's how you win a championship, folks. All right, so let's see. Uh, next week, or this week, we're week five. Uh, Wolfett has Austin. Let's take a look at Booby's team. Booby is in fourth place at two and two. Oh, man, he sucks, right? Well, his points four rank is number one. He was the highest scoring team last year. Got his 100 bucks. Uh, before the playoffs even started. Well, not really. I waited until he won the whole thing and then gave him all the money. But uh, <laughs> he had already secured the 100 bucks before the playoffs even started last year. And he currently is ranked number one with a 13-point lead over myself. His points against, well, how do you get to 2-2 two and two if you score the most points? Eh, his points against is third. So the reigning champ could be um, easily in first place right now. He just happens not to be. And his uh, schedule is going to get a lot easier um, coming up in general. He says, not saying anything about his week five opponent, um, just in reference to the points against rank. But as I look at the week five opponent, I see that it is Pierce. So Booby's going to try to get to three and two. We got a couple more uh, matchups that we want to get to before we start wrapping things up around here. Let's take a look at Rose versus Needham. It's a gr another good game. Both, uh, just like, uh, was it Wolfit and Booby had a good game where they both scored above average. This was also where both teams scored above average. We have Needham uh, versus Rose with, who was it? Uh, Rose outlasted Needham 161 to 151. Very nice victory by Rose. This is the second victory in a row to get him up to two and two. The MVP of this game, no doubt about it, it is DJ Moore. Eight catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns, 
Plus, don't sleep on his two tackles. Don't, do one of these years, someone's going to win the championship because their wide receiver is going to tackle an, a, a, a DB that gets an interception and it's going to win by one point uh, or you know, less than a point or whatever. Uh, so good job, DJ Moore. That was good for 37 points. Woof. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. And then who did Needham have as his bust? You. That was C.D. Lamb. Did we do the bust you last game? Did I remember that? Uh, oh, yeah, Miles Sanders. That's right. Um, this one, the bust you, C.D. Lamb. Oh, man. I have C.D. in the, the league, the redraft league that I'm the reigning champion, and I was not impressed by C.D. C.D. only got three points. He got two catches for 13 yards. That's just not going to do it, C.D. Lamb. Now, for this league... Uh, I have Dalton Schultz, and so if they're actually going to start using, I'm still not like confident in starting Dalton Schultz because it seems like either it could be him or Blake Jarwin pretty easily on any given day. But if there's another week where Schultz is definitely the main target and he's getting a bunch of targets, even ahead of guys like CeeDee Lamb, and Blake Jarwin is really not part of it, then I think Dalton Schultz might end up being my starting uh, tight end. I got an offer for him by a very uh, intelligent uh, co uh, manager in our league, and I said, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm going to have to just hold on to him because I might need him in a sec. Anyway, screw you, CeeDee Lamb. I'm with you on that one, Needham. Um, but I'm sure he'll be fine. A sneaky start. That's going to be Rose's IDP, Murray. He didn't play, and he still got the win. So that was a very sneaky start when you play someone who doesn't even play in the game and you still win. Um, some would say that Rose isn't paying attention. Some might say Rose is trolling so hard and anyone who knows rose knows he's always trolling no no he just wasn't paying attention um so nicely done rose nice win uh tough luck needham let's see who's the put me in coach gainwell kenneth gainwell 89 total yards and a score he got 21 points needham must have been very happy not about the part where he didn't play him but at the part where you see that he got those touches i think gainwell the week before got like two touches uh, if that. And so it was nice to see the rookie get on the field and put up some nice points. Um, oh, and I'm realizing, I'm just realizing now too, Miles Sanders was the bust you in last matchup that we talked about. And the put me in coach is Gainwell. Not a coincidence, right? All right. So now let's take a look at who is where. Rose is in sixth place at two and two. His points for rank is fifth. Huh? Didn't see that coming. I think I'm starting to sleep on Rose's team. Rose's team last year had an off year, but do not forget that he was in third place last year, then 2019. Don't forget that Jason Kelly was second place in 2019. I think after our arms race last year, and with Booby and myself and Wyland and Stanley getting into the semis, I just like to pretend that no one else is good, and that's just not true. So Rose has the fifth highest points uh, this season, and I'm going to be paying a little bit closer attention to Rose. Uh, hopefully Rose doesn't start paying more attention uh, because I don't want to lose to him but just because he like plays two IDPs or whatever. His points against is uh, fifth. And so, uh, but he has a tough matchup. He has Stanley coming up. So uh, we're going to see if Daniel Jones can can um, put Rose back into a, a losing record. He was 0-2, won two in a row, got up to 2-2. Two two. Uh, who else? Let's take a look at Stanley. Nope, that's who Rose is playing week five. Let's look at the next line, Will. Team name, that is for Needham. Needham is currently in 11th place at 1-3. Now, let's remember, Needham took over someone else's franchise. Needham has been rebuilding since then. So this is what a rebuilding team looks like, right? His record is one and three. He's in 11th place. His points four is 11th. His points against is ninth. And in week five, he's up against Jason. I like Needham's roster a lot. And um, I'm, uh, uh, I, I like that in 11th place, his roster looks like it's going to be really, really good in not too long of a time at all, as opposed to someone who in 11th place and sucks and it's going to take five years for the roster to get good. We have one matchup remaining, and that is Adam versus BT. A couple poor performances, but BT edges out Adam 113 to 106 to get his first victory on the year. Nicely done, BT. The MVP, well, that's going to be Dak Prescott with four points and uh, four touchdowns and 27 points. Four points from a quarterback does not make you the MVP. Um, but four touchdowns and 27 points sure does. 
The bust you for Adam? Oh, Adam missed that Claypool was ruled out. So, you know, whenever I see stuff like that, I just hope that the person on Saturday night was having a great time and not having to deal with something horrible in real life. Um, but something in real life must have distracted because uh, Claypool was ruled out. I don't remember what day he was ruled out, but it definitely was uh, prior to Sunday. I say definitely, and now I don't remember. Uh, sneaky start for BT is going to be Chenault. He had 99 receiving yards and another 11 on the ground for 20 points total. We have DJ Chark out for the year. LaVisca Chenault, who is a very young and very talented wide receiver. Uh, he's probably another one uh, like Mooney where I think he could end up putting up some big points this year. Also paired with the rookie quarterback. Uh, and Chenault will be probably going in the fourth or fifth round in redrafts next year. So uh, nicely done. I don't know how incredibly how sneaky it was but whatever it got me in for the sneaky start and for put me in coach that's gonna be Devonte parker i had to start Devonte parker in a league last week and i was very pleased with his return uh i had who did i have out it was like i didn't trust that curtis samuel could be played julio jones was out oh and claypool was out oh that was in super bowl glory whoa we have to start three damn um three damn uh, wide receivers and i lost in that league uh, but not because of Devonte parker actually booby booby beat me in that league nicely done booby uh Devonte parker four for 77 and one getting 19 points that was our last matchup to go over doing the quarter poll for the last two managers we got adam in 10th place at one and three uh points four ranked uh, paint, blah, 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 blah. points for rank is ninth and points against rank is fourth. You can see I was already at the fourth before I was like, you know, two sentences earlier. Uh, his points against rank is fourth. So that's a little unlucky. Uh, and then he gets me in week five. So he's hoping for a stronger second half of the season. I, I do like Adam's roster as well. I know he's not doing incredibly well right now, but I think it's one of those Middle of the pack on paper rosters that can get hot super easily and all of a sudden he wins the league. So don't sleep on Adam. BT also, just like Needham, just took over a struggling franchise that was not getting paid attention to. And I really like the roster. So I'm loving where the league is at when 11th and 12th place are two of the most active owners who have been doing the most with what they were given, which was very little, and now have two very young and promising teams that are not far away at all. So good job, BT and Needham. Thank you. You two make this league a lot better um, by your participation. And we're so glad to have you acting like this is brand new. But anyway, um, BT's in 12th at 1 and 3. His points 4 is 12th. And his points against rank is 1st. So, ouch, right? Like, not only are you putting up the fewest points, but then you're just getting the most points scored against you as well. And that wasn't this last week, uh, obviously, as he, as he got his win, which means he must have just had horrible luck those first three weeks. Um, but he's not really scoring a ton of points anyway, so it's not, you know, he's rebuilding. He's not worried. And so that would then get us to his week five matchup, and that's Wyland. So we have now gone through all six of week four matchups. We have given a quarter poll summary for all 12 teams. Let's go ahead and do one of my favorite segments. I try to make sure I do in every episode and we're doing it this time. We're going to review an old trade. All right. So last episode, we went through the original trade that set off the 2020 arms race, which was the Joe Mixon trade. I had previously said that I was going to be just going in order of the trades, um, but the next trade was the original CMC trade. I remember, I think I remember already reviewing this one in reviewing old trades, and maybe not. And if I didn't specifically, honestly, we've talked about it so much. We've talked about CMC. Nothing's changed as from when I drafted him or traded for him in the sense that, oh, shocker, he's injured again. And man, but not that injured. Okay. Uh, he's played like three games for me. Um, and we'll also remember Josh Jacob was in that trade, uh, as was Cam Akers in a first round pick. And we all know what happened to Cam Akers. And we've also talked a lot about Josh Jacob. So uh, then once I saw that I wasn't going to go in order, I just started kind of scrolling down and I ended up taking, um, I, I might be out of order a little bit, 
uh, after after not going with the CMC trade. Uh, and so I found one that I want to talk about, which is James Robinson for Mike Davis in a second. Now, again, this is my trade. Um, I don't know if that just means I trade a lot or I just like to talk about myself. Probably the latter. I think it used to be both, but now it's just the latter. Um, so I sold James Robinson to Wolfit after, I want to say four weeks, maybe it was five weeks. Um, so he had no draft capital and I wasn't sure if he was going to have staying power or if he was going to be like, um, Travis Fulgham. Remember last year when Travis Fulgham was really good for four weeks and then he was just like disappeared and now isn't even on the NFL. So I really didn't know about James Robinson. And so I was selling high on him at the time um, compared to his lack of draft capital. Um, and I got Mike Davis and a second. That's why this was right after the CMC trade. You know how much I love my, um, my handcuffs. Uh, really what I like to do is be able to, de- to know that I have a starting spot covered, right? So I just got Alex Collins because now with, with Chris Carson out and that's my RB2 spot, at least now I have his backup. So our, my RB2 spot is covered, et cetera, et cetera. Y'all know how handcuffs work. But anyway, so I like Mike Davis or I, I like handcuffs. And so I got Mike Davis and a second uh, for James Robinson. And look, I, I looked really smart when they drafted ETN. When they drafted ETN, I was like, dude, look at that. Good job, Will. You're right. He didn't have draft capital. Now, I think that was dumb. I think that was really, really stupid. I think when you have a, someone as good as James Robinson on your roster when you come in, then you don't waste a first-round pick on another running back. You actually go after, you know, offensive line, defensive line, whatever, wherever, but you don't get another running back. But, you know, they don't listen to me in Jacksonville, and so they did. And so they got ETN, and so then I was like, man, I'm really smart. Uh, and then ETN gets hurt. And so then all of a sudden, Wolf is right back to having the only running back uh, in Jacksonville. Not that Jacksonville is a great offense you want to be a part of. But when you have all of the running back room to yourself, then you're going to put up big points. And that's exactly what James Robinson did last year and is going to do uh, this year. What else did I write down? Uh, I had already, oh, the other, that's right. The other interesting part of that trade was I was able to, to get a second round draft pick back from uh, Wolf in that Robinson trade. That second, and this might be the, the, the next trade we talked about, um, also mine, uh, was a Michael Thomas trade. So in the original Michael Thomas trade, uh, I sent, which I referenced today in, in this episode earlier, sent over Mike Williams, Hollywood Brown, a first and a second. And the, uh, I believe it was Wyland offered... Jason, a basically a very similar package, but the second that I had in my package was just a little bit more than whatever Wyland's package was. So I was only able even to get Michael in that Michael Thomas in that trade because of being able to ship out James Robinson and getting back that second. I don't think I had a second otherwise. I forget. Oh, uh, that second I had already traded uh, for Debo Samuel when I traded. Antonio Brown and a second to Austin to get Debo Samuel back after I drafted him and traded him to Austin in the original AB trade. Uh, so sorry, I don't have everyone else's trades memorized like I have mine. I'm sure <laughs> if I did a little bit more research, I could do the same sort of. And this trade led that one, and that one led to this one. But mine, I just actually remember them, so it's a little bit easier that way. Uh, so I'm gonna say it's a pretty even trade. Um, you know, I. I I don't know if it's ironic or not, but I find myself, um, you know, Mike, so Mike Davis has a very um, serviceable year, I will call it, backing up CMC last year. He turns that into a, a starting job with Atlanta, um, and I was absolutely surprised. Um, I, I had no idea who was going to draft who um, this year. And so I, in terms of running backs, I got it wrong across the board. And one of the places I got it wrong was I thought Atlanta was going to take a running back. Um, They obviously did not. Mike Davis had that room all to himself is what I thought until uh, Cordell Patterson 
has been decided that he's a running back now. Uh, but regardless, so here I find myself again with CMC injured. And since I don't have his handcuff, but I do have his handcuff from last year who has a starting role. So I'm playing Mike Davis this week again be in place of CMC. Uh, that being said, Mike Davis has been absolute garbage. Um, and so I am playing him more of a desperation play this week. But the fact of the matter is uh, it's up against the Jets, who have no run defense. That's probably why they brought in our boy Sala, but he has not been able to fix it yet. And so hopefully Mike Davis will continue to get the opportunities and score for me this week. All right. Pretty even trade overall. Look, I'm pleased with what I got out of my assets because the fact is I probably don't get third place last year if Davis doesn't provide serviceable serviceable points behind CMC. So with all that being said, I still think Wolf won the trade because I'm always about having the best player in the trade. And the best player in that trade is James Robinson. All right, that is the end of that trade. So let's go ahead and start wrapping this thing up. And this brings us to our final segment of the day, and that's going to be our random stat. Um, I don't have anything impressive, but I was, so I was just thinking about how I kept referencing average score, and I was really, I haven't looked at our average scores this year at all. I do remember last year, as folks started consistently scoring over 165, our average score remained in that one, right around 141. I've seen it as high as 145. It's been a little bit lower, but 141 seems to be, uh, pretty typical. So I just went and checked out what were the, what was the average score of week four? I just did all the matchups. What was the average score? And no way it was 141. I mean, we are so consistent. I, I imagine that if I went back to every single week that our average score would be 141 more times than it's any other score by far. So apparently 141 is absolutely our average score. It was in 2019, it was in 2020, and it sure at least was in week four of 2021 as well. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of The Doghouse. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Look, we are awesome. We have probably the coolest fantasy league that anyone has ever been a part of and that others wish they could be a part of. We are awesome. You're awesome for listening. And until next time, cue music. We're out of here.